Good morning and welcome to worship this day at Kern Church. My name is Will. I'm the pastor here. It's great to be with you all in worship. My hope for you today is that uh, you, you feel the sense of belonging and hope because that's what we, we want to be about here at Kern Church, helping you find a place to belong and also connect with the life-redeeming love of Jesus. Let me say a word of prayer for us this morning as, uh, as we get started in worship. God, thank you so much for your life-redeeming love. Thank you for your power and your presence this day. I pray blessings upon each one who is here to worship you, whether they're in person or or online, and I pray that you open their hearts to whatever it is you have in store for them. May your spirit also be blessed, O God, as we seek to worship you through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. You know, I don't know about you, but this has been an incredibly busy season in my life. Leading up to Christmas, it wasn't any better. We had holiday parties, great events here at the church to celebrate Christmas. We, uh, we, we, and then in the midst of it, uh, we had a, a big two-day planning retreat that, that, that I was a part of and, and some of our church leadership were a part of. Just two full days of, of planning. We were really, I guess, gluttons for punishment in that, wanting to be in a, a two-day meeting. But anyways, we, uh, we had a lot of time getting ready to, 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 uh, to lead up to that. A lot of that just kind of dominated my, my thinking and my, my, my ideas and just my life over the leading up to the holidays, and then in the new year, this is continuing because we're following up and figuring out how to implement the, the planning retreat and some of the plans that we made. I mean, today, for example, our, our church council, our leadership meeting is happening following, uh, following both of our worship services this morning, where we talk more about this and figure out some strategies to be able to implement some of this stuff. But on top of this, we, we have had basketball games, we have basketball practice every week, we have swim practice with, with, with our kids, or dance lessons, dinners to cook, exercise routines to resume. Um, maybe some of y'all can appreciate the resuming part of that. Uh, some of the uh, other things, we, we, you know, we have friends we want to keep in relationship with and, and cultivate relationships with, people to meet, uh, after school activities with kids, and it just kind of balloons and goes and goes and goes and goes. And all of this stuff, it is good stuff. None of it is bad. All of it is good stuff. And, um, but then I also look at all the things that I have on my to-do list for, for this year, and at least for this season of time, all the things that I want to get accomplished in our, in our ministry together and the people that we, we can bless. And I see a mountain of tasks and a mountain of meetings, and I realize that, that it, it is a really busy period of time. And, and sometimes I look at my to-do list, and then I look at the available time that I have to fit that to-do list in. I'm thinking, there's no way. There is absolutely no way. I don't have enough time to get all of this stuff done. Do you ever feel this way, right? Do you ever feel this way, that you have more on your to-do list than you have available time to get things done that you no longer have any time to do, not enough hours to, to make all of your uh, doctor's appointments, to get your whole to-do list cleared at work, to maybe get through all of your emails, to, uh, to get all your homework done if, if you're in school, and then also on top of that, to take care of the nagging car maintenance that kind of just keeps hanging around and, and, and trying to figure that out. But you still, you know, you still have to squeeze something else in. And so, you know, um, you, you know maybe you take the time uh, that you do have of peace when you're going to the bathroom, perhaps. I've never done this. I know I, I've never done this, and so I, it's, it's okay, though. Um, uh, you know, and respond to emails, of course, while, while you're going to the bathroom. I've, I've never done this, uh, so don't worry about that. Um, uh, but uh, if you've done that, no, no judgment. But life just seems to speed up, right? 
just, just speeding up and, and having so much to do. And if someone were to ask you how you're doing these days, or if you ask somebody how they're doing these days, oftentimes the response is, I'm so busy. It used to be you would respond, I'm fine. Like, you know, I'm fine. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm fine. Um, or, you know, you let them in on some sob story. But, but these days, more often than not, people say that I'm busy. A fairly recent survey found that 60% of U.S. adults, 50% of U.S. adults say that they don't have enough time to enjoy life. Enjoy life. I think I said 50, but it's really 60% of U.S. adults report that they don't have enough time to enjoy life. Another, uh, another study that was even more recent, just last year, found that 60% of, of U.S. adults also don't have enough time to get their to-do list done. So they, they feel like, 60% of us feel like we, we've got so much to do and we don't have enough time to accomplish this end. And it just, it, it just means that we're so busy. The crazy thing about this, uh, when you start to think about it, is so much of our modern technology was given to us with the promise of freeing us and freeing our time to be able to do other things. If you look at uh, advertising for early household appliances, it's all about how much extra time you'll have to be able to, to, to be leisure, to do leisure. And now so much of us feel just things caving in, perhaps, of, of being so busy. Life just seems to speed up. And all of us, all of us feeling busy all the time has caused some people to, to kind of reflect on that. It's like, why do people feel so busy, especially when we have technology that's supposed to keep us from feeling so busy? And, and I, this past week, I read, a, I read a, a piece where somebody posted that they thought there were, they had seven hypotheses for why people feel busy all the time. And I'm not going to share them all with you, but I want to share a few of them because I, I, thought it, I think it really speaks to the nature of things these days. The first one is that busyness, is busyness as a badge of honor and a trendy status symbol. It used to be it talked about keeping up with the Joneses, of having the right, the right things and, and, and having the, the, maybe the flashy things or the things that your friends have. But, but these days, that's probably still true to a certain extent. But these days, people compare how busy their schedules are and, and how much they have to do. And so busyness becomes kind of a, a status symbol. Another one, and this one is really sneaky, uh, but it, it's busyness as job security. We have this idea that um, if you are busy, you are being productive. Now, that's just fundamentally false. Like Busyness has nothing to do with, with productivity. Um, but, but we have this idea that if you are busy, then, then your boss is going to think that you're working, and you're probably working on something important, and so you're invaluable to the, to the company, so you must be working hard. Uh, of course, another one of these is busyness as, as a necessity. And, and, and this is just a reality for, for many people these days, is, is perhaps you or somebody you know is working multiple jobs just to make ends meet, and then you have kids at home that you're going and doing a whole lot of different things for. And so busyness is just part of a necessity, whether it's a, a period of life, a life stage thing, or just an economic reality. And the, and the last one I want to share and this one sits, sits, uh, uh, sits close to home for me, is, is busyness as a byproduct of our digital age. Busyness as a byproduct of our digital age. Because you and I can be connected 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And what this has done, especially 
uh, since the work from home uh, uh, stuff that was necessitated by COVID, is, is that there, the line between work and home and, and work and life is just blurred and in some places really non-existent to where you're multitasking and you're never really off and you may never really know what it means to turn that off. And so busyness just kind of comes out in all different areas of life. And so if you're honest with yourself, though, as you think about your life, as you think about busyness, I think the question that it really brings up is, does this busyness serve you? Does this busyness, if you're honest with yourself, and if you're living it, does the busyness that you're living really serve you? Does it help you do what you want? Does it help you accomplish what, it, what you want? Does it help you get closer to the people that you want to get closer and to create the kind of life that you want to create? And my best guess is that the answer to this is probably no. I mean, you may be working really hard, but the answer is this serving you well? I think my best guess here is that the answer is, is, is no. Because there is always, perhaps, if you're always feeling stretched, if you're always trying to rush from one thing to the next, you're never quite satisfied and, and there's not time for, for the things you love, for the people you love. And so something just keeps staying missing. But here's the deal. Jesus once, once said that He came so that you could have life. Indeed, so that you could live life to the fullest. Jesus came so that you could have life, so that you could live life to the fullest. But so many of us aren't. And what if I told you that the greatest enemy to living life to the fullest was not anything on the outside, but was how you're living life today? What if the greatest enemy to living the life you want, to having the life you want, was not, was not something on the outside, but it was just really how you live your life today? And I'll tell you right now that this is difficult for me to share and talk about because this is difficult for, for me personally. I mean, I have a hard time taking time off. And even when I'm off, so to speak, I'm thinking about being back on again, or I'm thinking about the things that I have to do. I have a hard time, and, and the hard time, I have a hard time not filling my schedule with busyness and, and trying to be, to be present. I, I often complain about this to those that are near to me, but I go ahead and do it anyways, and, and, and just, just try to think. And, and, and the way that I sometimes live is not the way of living life to the fullest, but the way I sometimes live is, is, is living life to the, to the way of I just don't have enough time. I just don't have the time. The way of living, I just don't have time. And many of you live the way of I just don't have enough time too. I, I know you do. And, and this way of living keeps you from living life to the fullest. This way of living keeps you from living the life you want to live. And, and the greatest enemy here is the way that you're living today. The good news, of course, is that there is a better way. And Jesus is someone who shows you what that better way looks like. Jesus is someone who, who came to earth to show you and I a better way of living in so many different areas of life. And Jesus knew that, that so many people, even in His day and age, like 2,000 years ago, so many people were, were, were rushed and stressed and worn out and one time he was teaching, and, and when he was teaching, he invited, invited those who felt this way, those who were just tired and, and worn out, to come to him, to come to him and, and, and to learn a different way of living. 
And one of those who was, who was present and who listened, heard what Jesus had to say, was this guy named Matthew. And Matthew was one of Jesus' closest followers. And I want to share with you what, what Matthew tells us Jesus said. So this comes from the book of Matthew, which is the first book in the New Testament, if you're following along in a Bible. And, and this is, comes from Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 28. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy, heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and lightly. I love this line. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus says, come to me. Jesus says, walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. And I will teach you how to, how to live freely. I will teach you how to live lightly. I will teach you how to find real rest. And if this sounds good to you, or if you are interested in following a way of faith, what I want to encourage you is not just to use your head. Don't just use your head to believe things. Instead, use your whole life whole life to live the way that Jesus lived. And that's what Jesus invites you to do here, to live the way that Jesus lived. Jesus came so that you could live life to the fullest, and, and He desires to teach you how to do this, to learn the unforced, and, and I want to add here, unhurried rhythms of grace. The unforced and unhurried rhythms of grace. So how did Jesus do this? Well, if you look at the Bible, there are, there are four books of the Bible that, that tell us about the life and the ministry of Jesus. And, and people, uh, Christians and the church, call these four books of the Bible Gospels, which is, um, which is really kind of a fancy word. My, uh, my girls, uh, have, when they were little, they, they read these books, uh, Fancy Nancy books. I don't know if you know these um, books, but the church does this too. So Fancy Nancy really likes uh, French th things, and she really likes things to sound fancy. And so she will say a big word, and, and then at the end will say, that's fancy for, for something. And so the church likes to do this too. And so instead of just saying, we've got these four books of the Bible that we call good news, the church is like, we're going to call these gospels, and um, that's fancy for good news, okay? So if you know Fancy Nancy, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, just uh, ignore me. Um, but, but we call these, these, these four books of the Bible's Gospels, and, and it just means good news. They tell us about the good news of Jesus. And here's the thing about these four books. They're, they're, there's a lot in them, but except for the birth of Jesus, which we talked about at Christmas, and maybe one or two other exceptions, all of the writings that you find in the Gospels, in these first four books of the Bible, come from about three years of Jesus' life. Except for his birth and maybe one other exception, all of the writing in, in the Bible, in, in these four books of the Bible, comes from four or three years of Jesus' life. Uh, Jesus was sent by God, by his Father, on a mission, and, and his whole ministry, his whole mission, happens within these three years. And in those three years, Jesus recruited 
a team of 12 disciples. This is a fancy word for followers. And, and so Jesus recruited a team of 12 followers who became his closest friends, and he taught them the ways of, of living a different life and of sharing God's heavenly message. He, he raised people from the dead. He healed all kinds of people. He taught all kinds of people. He fed thousands of people. He did amazing things. In, in three years, Jesus had three years, and he changed the whole course of the world. And it happened in three years. Three years. Jesus had, had a lot to accomplish, really more than, than I, I think that I can appreciate how much he had to accomplish. Jesus had a lot to accomplish. And, and as another pastor pointed out to me, even though he had a lot to accomplish, and even though he had a short period of time in which to accomplish it, Jesus never ran. Jesus never ran. Jesus was never busy. Jesus was never rushed. Jesus had a lot to do, but Jesus was never rushed. Jesus never said, all right, guys, we need to make up for lost time, and so here's what we're going to do. We see these sick people over here. Heck with them, we're going to go on because we got a schedule to take. He, he didn't say, all right, okay, these people need to be fed today, but you know what, they can go get something on their own. We're not going to worry about them because i got an appointment to keep over, over in this town. we got to get going. He never said, all right, guys, I, I know we've been walking for a long time. Now it's time to pick up the pace. We're going to start running, and, and um, we're going to put on some, our running shoes, and, and we're going to start running and get to the place. And he, he never said, all right, boys, we really got to pick up the pace now. I need you to go get some fast camels and, um, and, and to go get some fast camels so we can hightail it across to the next place. He never said this. Jesus was never in a rush. If you look at the four Gospels that tell us about the life of Jesus, they never once talk about Jesus running. Jesus is walking, always walking. And, and not only is Jesus walking, Jesus is always taking enough time with those who need him. He's always taking enough time with those who need him. And this begins at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. Jesus began his mission and ministry when he was 30 years old. I mean, he, he, was, uh, he was 30 years old when he was, when he was baptized and, and when he began to do his, his life's work. And by this point, he's like, he's probably, he, he might, if he was me, I'd be thinking, like, my clock is ticking. Like, I don't have that much time to accomplish all this in, but, but he did it. And, and instead of, though, after he's baptized, instead of just rushing into things, and I know that when I have big things to do, sometimes I rush into them. I know nobody else does that. But, but instead of, of Jesus just rushing into trying to accomplish all the things that he wanted to accomplish, he, he stopped and he spent 40 days fasting and in prayer. So he went a month, like a month and a half and just prayed and spent time resting and trying to, to discern the path forward, seeking direction. And on top of this, Jesus performed a, a lot of miracles. And his first miracle happened at, at a wedding. And, and to me, I don't like weddings. Um, I don't know if that's a preacher thing. I don't like weddings. Um, I, I, I'm getting 
shaking heads over here. Um, but, uh, but I don't like weddings. I don't like going to weddings. I don't like participating in weddings. If, if somebody's getting married and, and they want me to officiate at their wedding, I will pretend to gladly want to do that because it's part of my job. Like It's like literally my job. And, and, but, but it's not something I, I really enjoy. And the reason is, is because nobody really thinks about uh, about like the actual things about what's happening. You think about the, the candles and the food and all the other things that, that really, if you've been married for a long time, you know don't really matter because you spend thousands of dollars and everybody forgets about them. Uh, but but I, I don't really like, about, like weddings all that much. And so oftentimes what I'll do is I'll go to the ceremony and then I'll just leave. I'll leave early and maybe I'll try to like make sure nobody sees that I leave or like try to get in a picture so people think that I'm there, but I'll leave. And the thing about Jesus is he could have done that, but he didn't. So Jesus goes to this wedding and he sticks around, but not only does he stick around, Jesus sticks around at the reception until the booze runs out, okay? Like, like he, there's no booze left. He is there until the party is like still trying to go on and, and all the wine has been poured out. And, and, and his first miracle is to make sure the party doesn't stop. And so he turns water into wine. And here's the thing about this. I don't think it's the whole booze thing that's important. Um, what I think that is important here is that Jesus is not ready to rush to the next thing. He's ready to invest in the relationships with the people that he is at and to make sure that those who are being married are honored, to make sure that the guests are taken care of, to make sure that he is spending enough time there as possible. Quality relationship time, not rushing to the next thing. And if you read about the life and the work of Jesus, you find time and time again that he stops for people, that he slows down in the midst of whatever he is doing to offer a healing hand. Jesus wasn't rushed in life. He slowed down for what mattered in life. He slowed down showing you and I what it means to really live life to the fullest. So if Jesus wasn't rushed, why are you? Why are you? Why are you so busy that you have to rush from one thing to something else, all the while really missing life lived to the fullest? And I hear it now. You know, preacher, pastor, will, or whatever, you don't understand. There's just not enough time these days. There's just not enough time you don't understand. And I get that. But on any given day, you have precisely the same amount of time as anybody else in the world. Each and every one of us have the same amount of time. One of my, my uh, leadership teachers says this, when it comes to time, you and I are rich. We are loaded. Time doesn't discriminate. Everybody gets the same amount of time. And when I first uh, heard these words, I was uh, kind of like revolted, thinking that's ridiculous. I, I, I don't even know what to take about that. That's so judgmental. Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I struggling so much with dealing with time? And, and, and the, the problem, though, is not that you don't have enough time. The problem is that what happens to your time is kind of a mystery. If you look back on, on what has happened to your time and where it's all gone, it, it can kind of seem like a mystery. Where did this time go? And you always feel as if you don't have enough time. But if you look at the way that Jesus spent his time, if you look at the way that Jesus spent his life and the unforced rhythms of grace that he wants to teach you, I think Jesus would say that time is not the problem. Time is not the problem. 
Time is not causing you to feel busy, worn out, tired of life, tired of religion. The solution is not more time. Jesus would say, I think that the solution is more time with what matters most. More time with what matters most. And the hard reality and the reason that you and I so often struggle here is that you and I spend time on what doesn't really matter. On the things that keep us from the things that really matter. For the average American who's on social media, which is most people, regardless of age, you spend two and a half hours a day on social media. That means two and a half hours a day scrolling like this, which ends up being like um, uh, over a month in a year. So you spend over a month scrolling on some device looking at social media. Another, another thing that I saw is that the average uh, U.S. adult will spend 15 years of their life watching television. 15 years of your life watching television. And I um, watched a lot of television last night. And so I, like, I, I understand this, binge-watching uh, uh, your, your favorite, favorite show. And it's not just media you consume either. And this one, I think, really, really hits hard. The average uh, adult, spend, really the average person, spends about two hours a day worrying. Two hours a day worrying which ends up being about five years of your life for an average lifespan. Can you think about that? Five years of your life spent worrying that could be spent doing things that you love. What does that mean for you? Well, I'll tell you, I don't have all the answers here. I, I do not have all the answers here. But one of the things that I have learned and one of the things that, that I have started to do is to stop making excuses about time. And this has been really helpful for me, and so I share it as just a helpful thing that I've done, is that often when you feel too busy for things, you, you think, I don't have enough time. Or, or maybe you, or, or maybe you uh, were supposed to do something, but you missed it, and, and you respond or you give an excuse. You say, you know, I didn't get a chance to get to that. Did you get this report done? Well, I didn't get a chance to do this. Or did you do this thing you said you would do? Well, I didn't get a chance to do this. Or, or I didn't have the time to do this. Um, but that's not completely true, is it? That you didn't have the time. That, that same leadership teacher I mentioned earlier, he, he, he says that the reality is that you could have done something, you just to chose not to do it. You just chose not to make the time to do it. So I have made this slight mental shift. Instead of thinking, you know, I don't have the time to do it, or, or I have the time to do it, just thinking, you know what, I'm going to make the time for that, or I'm not going to make the time for that. Now, if somebody comes up to me and says, hey, can, can, can we talk real quick? And, and I say, you know what, um, I'm really busy right now. I'm not going to make the time for you. That's probably not the best way of going about doing that. Um, but, but you can just say no right now. I don't have time right now, but I do, you know, next week or I do tomorrow. Because a no today does not mean a no forever. And so you can say no to things. You can say no when, when things don't fit your schedule. Because here's the reality. If you say yes to everything, you say no to certain things. And what often happens is if, if you let other people drive this schedule or you let other things like the social media or, or, or the worrying drive what you have to do, it means those that are closest to you suffer. Your family suffers. Those that, that you want to say yes to suffer because they end up taking, taking the brunt of, of not making those decisions. And in the face of this, 
In the face of this, Jesus says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Like I said, I, I don't have all the answers, but I think Jesus does. I think Jesus does. So what if over the next week, you and I just focus on doing this? Do, doing this right here. Learning from Jesus. Asking Jesus to teach you and to teach me the unforced rhythms of grace, the unhurried rhythms of grace, teaching us how to, to live freely and how to live lightly. I know that this is something that I need a refresher course on, and, and perhaps this is something that you need a refresher course on. So I, what I want you to do is I want to in, invite you to pray a prayer with me. And we're going to pray this prayer together. And then I want to share with you three things that I, I think that three action steps that you and I can take just this week to, to help reinforce this. So we pray this, this, this. I want to share it with you first and then invite you to pray with me. God, help me to learn your unforced and unhurried rhythms of grace and to experience life lived to the fullest. We pray this with me out loud. God, help me to learn your unforced and unhurried rhythms of grace and to experience life lived to the fullest. Let's pray it one more time. God, help me to learn your unforced and unhurried rhythms of grace and to experience life lived to the fullest. And now as you pray this this week, I think that there are three practices that you can use to help you really learn and experience this. The first is just to be present in the moment. It's so easy when you're in the moment of something to think about the next thing you have to do on your list or, or whatever's going on, but just be present in the moment. This is something that Jesus did, and this is so, so important. The second thing is to choose what's important in your life and to eliminate what's not important. And so think about, you likely know what's really important and truly important in your life, and so focus on that. And if there's things around the edges that are just sucking from you, whether they're, they're relationships or whether they're, they're, they're technology things that are sucking life from you, just predetermine that it's not important and eliminate it. One thing that I've done this year is that I've deleted Facebook off of my, my phone. And, and um, that's really not that big deal because I've got a computer that I can always go to it and go to it on my browser. So like I can get to it, but it's inconvenient. But what I found is that the amount of time that I'm spending on Facebook has been drastically reduced. I've replaced it with other things that may not be super healthy, but, it, I, I, it's, it's, um, but it, it's taken the stress and all the kind of stuff that that, 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 that type of, of scrolling is involved in my life, and it's taken it and close to eliminated it. It's been freeing, so I predetermined just to say no to it. And, 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 um, and, and I said earlier that, that a no today does not mean a no forever, and so, and, and so every, everyone is different, and, and different things are going to work and for different people. And the last thing I want to ask you to do is just to, to, to pause and to sense God's presence. To sense God's presence and recognize His voice. So as you pray this prayer, just ask, you know, is, God, how are you here? How are you present? How can I be more present with you? And as you do this, I think that you'll see God becoming more present in your life in your life today, in your life throughout the week. 
And, and I, want to, I want to make sure that you have a chance to, to have this with you. And so uh, later on this afternoon, I'm, sending a, I'm going to send an email uh, with all this information, with this prayer and these three action steps. And, and if you, each week, I, I send emails on Wednesday. Um, I, I send out emails that are about uh, spiritual growth and, and, and about helping you, designed to help you grow in your, in your life and help reinforce some of the things we talk about on Sunday. And, and so if you already get these Wednesday messages, you're going to get this message. But if you don't, Inside your, your worship program, there's this, this, this spot that says Next Steps Code. And, and there's a QR code that you can scan and, on your phone, and you can go to sign up for these emails. It's the first thing you can click, and you sign up for these emails. If you do that, you'll get this email this afternoon. And uh, this is not like marketing emails, but it's just an email that I send once a week, uh, uh, hopefully that's, that's helping you grow in your spiritual life. So you can sign up for, for that email. You can sign up for other emails that way as well. But you're just signing up for that one list. You'll get this and be able to, to take this with you take this with you this week. If you don't, have a, you, you don't know how to scan a QR code, just go to kernchurch.org slash next, and that should, that should get you to where you need to go as well. I want to invite you right now, as Chris begins to play, just to pray this prayer with me one more time. Just to still your heart and ask God to begin to work in you. Remind you to help you be present in the moment. To help you choose what's important and to help you listen. Listen to God's presence. Let's pray this prayer one more time together. God, help me to learn your unforced and unhurried rhythms of grace and experience life lived to the fullness. Amen. I want to thank you for worshiping here with us at Kern Church this morning. I pray that you have a blessed week this week, that you feel God's presence as you, as you seek to live those unforced and unhurried rhythms of life. Go with the blessing of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.